Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. I'm Franny Benali, and you're listening to In That Number. Then they lift one over the top for Danny Ings. He's in the box. Oh, onto his left foot. Brilliant. Oh, it's a fantastic goal for Danny Ings. He's done it again. Here comes Ward-Prowse. Oh, it's Hey, thanks for checking out In That Number. I'm your host, Ray Hunt. Follow me on Twitter at RayHunt84. My co-hosts, Kevin at the Moscow Mush Milverton at Moscow Mush. Statman Steve at Statman underscore Steve. Find him on Instagram at St. Mary's Statbase. Follow the show at Number Podcast, available on Instagram and Facebook too. Please leave us a review on iTunes, subscribe and share as far and wide as you can. If you would like to send us any questions, send us an email on inthatnumberpodcast at gmail.com or reach out to us on Twitter and we'll be sure to get back to you as soon as we can. Enjoy the show. Welcome to In That Number 75, Ings on Fire. Today we will be reviewing Sunday afternoon's comprehensive victory over Watford at Vicarage Road. And in the away end, we are joined by US-based City fan and host of Main Road Ramble podcast, John Ashley, to help us prepare for the daunting visit of Manchester City on Sunday evening. But first, my co-hosts, Statman Steve and the Moscow Mush Kevin Milverton. How are you guys? Um, yeah, I mean, same old, same old. I, need, I really need a holiday. <laughs> but, but yeah, nobody's letting Russians or Russian residents in anywhere. Um, so yeah, here I stay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the matches keep coming. Yeah, well, yeah, I've got a lot of football to be watching, so I suppose, yeah, I might as well, might as well stay at home. Mm, and the weird times, hence why we're recording midweek. But um, anyway, another win at Watford. I'm feeling good. Yeah. 
Uh, Statman, how's your week been so far? Yeah, yeah, it's been good. Um, yeah, busy, busy week, but um, yeah, just been trying to watch as much football as I can and uh, take it all in. Some good games the past couple of days, so yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's been good so far. So are you feeling confident for the visit of City? Um, <laughs> fucking <really>. thrashing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hmm, we'll get onto that. <laughs> <laughs> this is ITN in that number news. Okay, ITN news. Um, I'm going to start by saying I'm guessing you all must have seen this news that's come out yesterday. Uh, Mohamed Elianusi has returned to Celtic on loan again for the next for next season. Um, and he said that Celtic fans help him, you know, make his mind up on it. And he, what was it? he scored seven goals in 20 appearances. He seems pretty happy there. You know, he's it's where he needs to be right now, and he's making an impact. His family are happy in Glasgow, so yeah, you know, fair play to him. But we do really need to get, you know, get him gone permanently, don't we? Yes, stump up, stump up the cash, or you know, come back. Exactly, yeah. Um, and while we're on Celtic, um, news emerging that Celtic are prepared to pay whatever they need to to secure Fraser Forster on a permanent. But I've heard since today, you probably heard this as well, Steve, that, uh, yeah. well, we were looking for around 10 million and Celtic aren't going to pay that. So it seems likely that he's going to return to St Mary's and compete with McCarthy for that number one spot next season. Yeah, yeah, different sort of things have come out. Yeah, I, I thought he was pretty much nailed on to be at Celtic for another season, whether that be on loan again or on a permanent. But, um yeah, it, it looks like he could potentially be coming back here. And I've also seen um, something briefly about Gunn might be sort of going out on loan next season. So that would, again, give us two keepers to compete against each other. And if Forster can, um, you know, sort of get back some of that form um, for Saints, as, as he's been showing for, for Celtic, then I think that's a positive, really. Yeah. Uh, Maya Yoshida's contract officially ended yesterday. Uh, and he took to social media to thank the fans and say, Goodbye once more. It's breaking our hearts all over again. But yeah, top bloke. Um, Is he going to stay at Sampdoria? Um, I don't know. At the moment, he's still there. Yeah, they continued till the 2nd of August, I think. So I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what happens with the Italian league. I saw a tweet, actually, in the week that made me laugh. It was uh, Liverpool fans tweeted Saints. I don't know if you saw this, guys. But um, they said just after the, uh, the the Watford win, said, congrats on your on your win today. Just wondering if you'd consider letting us have Danny back at Liverpool. <laughs> we, we'd happily let you have Lovren back in return. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, then I did our, see that. Yeah, and our reply was, um, you've had enough from us already. So. I thought <laughs> that was nice. It just made me laugh. I thought it was worth mentioning. Um, and I read an article as well about Ralph. Said he's made it clear that we will not be slowing down. Just because we've reached the magic 40-point mark, you know, he's obviously keen to keep moving up the table, so that's good. You said that last season, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. True. Um, and yes, of course, that win at Watford was the the best top-flight away record, eclipsing seven wins. Uh, on, we did that on five different occasions. But yeah, eight wins away now. Amazing, really. I mean, just think, if we could turn that home form around, where, where would we be? You know, we could be thinking about pushing for Europe. Yeah, it does make you wonder. Yeah. And uh, from that game as well, Ings is now just one goal behind Jamie Vardy for Golden Boot. Actually, I don't know, I mean, because Leicester are playing right now. Um, 
I don't think Jamie Vardy scored, but um, not yet. No, not yet. Not yet. No. He can do this. He can do this. Um, is there any more uh, news from you guys? One brief thing. I was reading the the, uh, the Athletic that we're continually being um, linked to Wackham Marley and um, ah, the other player uh, Zaniolo. But um, mm-hmm. I read I read a couple of weeks back that Genk were not looking to sell Marley, so I'm not sure where that's come from. It just sort of seems to be up, the uh, roundabout. Yeah. And Kev, I remember, up. Kev, you brought that up last week, that Myler coming over here. Yeah, it keeps disappearing and then coming back, but it must be something in it if it keeps on resurfacing. Hi, I'm Matt Letizia, and thank you for listening to In That Number. Okay, so on to the Watford game from Sunday. So going in, Watford winless in their previous six home games in the league against Saints. They've drawn four and lost two. That's dating back to September 2007. Um, we haven't had a league double over Watford since 2011-12 championship campaign. Um, but, of course, we made it a score of 3-1. Ings opening the scoring. Ings doubling the lead through a, well, it was a Ben Foster blunder, wasn't it, this time? Um, and then, feeling sorry for the uh, Hornets, Jan Bednarik turned one in for them. Only to be disappointed moments later by a wonderful free kick from James Ward-Prowse. Um, but starting 11 then, five changes from that Arsenal defeat. So McCarthy, Bertrand, Vestergaard, Bednarik, Walker-Peters, Smallbone, Redmond, Ward-Prowse, Romeu, Ings and Long. So, yeah, I mean, Ralph keeping the faith with McCarthy after his, his mishap. Um, and Walker-Peters in for Valerie. Uh, Vestergaard for the suspended Stevens, Smallbone and Romeu in for uh, the injured Hoiberg and the, I guess, rested Armstrong and Long for Oberfemi. The bench, uh, Gunn, Adams, Armstrong, Oberfemi, Vokins, Danso, Valerie, Teller, and 18-year-old under-23 midfielder Alex Yankovic. He's in there. Weird Al Yankovic. Sorry, (laughs) we Al Yankovic. Guys, I've got to be honest. I thought this was too much change. I know some Mm. some were forced, Ah, like the inclusion of Vestergaard and all that, and we thought that Hoiberg probably wouldn't be fit. But... I mean, I just assumed it would be either Romeu or Smallbone to replace him. I didn't realise he was going to do both. Um, and yeah. Armstrong drop into the bench, and you would assume it was just for a break, but then he came yeah. on anyway. Uh, but, but the one thing that we had been waiting for was the uh, inclusion of Walker-Peters, so that was a good thing. Um, but, but Kevin, but before we discuss the, the formation and the system, were you con- as, as concerned as I was? No, I mean, because we, we knew that uh, it was obviously going to be Vestergaard coming in for Stevens suspended. Um, Walker-Peters is a bit of a no-brainer, considering how much better he was than Valerie in the previous match. Um, and, but yeah, Romeo... Romeo and Smallbone. Well, Romeo straight swap for um, uh, Hoiberg. Mm-hmm. Uh, Long's back from injury, so we said if he's fit, he should be in the squad. Um, so, yeah, none of them were really surprises. I think yeah, the only surprise is leaving out Armstrong for Smallbone, but as you say, uh, he's resting him. And I think with so many games coming up so quickly, I'd rather he rested um, him for this one. Could say that about Ings, though, surely. Uh, maybe, yeah. I mean, we could have maybe brought Ings on later, but, I mean, with the, with the form he's in, I mean, if, if he's fit, um, and they test the fitness levels, obviously, quite extensively, um, yeah, if they think he's still fit for this match, fine, go for it. Yeah, okay. And, and, and Steve, I, eyebrows raised over the system we were playing. I think me and you were discussing 
Mm. Um, so, I, I mean, yeah. I, I put the line up on our Instagram and I wasn't quite sure how we were you know, going to be deploying Smallbone, Romeo and Ward Prowse. I mean, I saw the line up on Sky and I saw it as a 4-4-2 or, you know, that, that variation of the 4-2-2-2. And small, small bone would look like he was set up to play wide right with Ward Prowse and, and Romeo in the middle. But then I just thought, okay, maybe Sky have got this wrong. It, look, it made more sense to me to have it as four three three with four three three, yeah, with like Redmond yeah. and, and Long supporting Ings up front. But it didn't appear to be that way, did it? Yeah, yeah, it did. It did look like our usual, um, you know, yeah, four triple two formation. Um, yeah, it's, it definitely surprised me to see Smallbone and Romeo both in the same. Um, team sheet. I wasn't sure if Ford Prowse potentially might be played out to the right, but yeah, it looks like he's trying to um, integrate Smallbone, but also have a feel of if he can play in different positions. And then again, that just kind of strengthens, um, you know, his suitability to the team. He can play in multiple positions, um, and it worked. So it's, it's modern yeah. football, isn't it? Bringing up these youngsters, yeah. you've got to play them all across the board, and just I mean, he's just testing the water, and well, didn't do any harm, did it? Yeah. Sky had an interesting statistic before, just before the match. I suppose they were assuming, um, like you, as a 4-3-3, um, comparing um, our results as a 4-4-2 um, to other formations. I've only won one game um, outside of the 4-4-2 formation. Wow. Yeah. Oh. 0.4 points per game compared to 1.5. Interesting. Mm. That is interesting. Mm. Um, okay, so the game then, Kev. I'm kind of kind of patchy for the first ten mm. fifteen minutes, wasn't it? Mm. Um, yeah, we had a, we, we, were, we were clearly the better team. Had, uh, I mean, Redmond had a goal ruled offside. Um, oh, sorry, Redmond was ruled offside at the at the beginning. Um, but yeah, it kind of started off with um, Shane Long's warning shot that he manages to hit That's straight right, out yeah. uh, Ben Foster. But yeah, then um, Ings does just what he does best and um, it's yeah my man under the microscope today Yannick Vestergaard um, you find Smallbone in the middle um, really deft little ball to Ings on the left and he just kind of cuts and runs to the centre and yeah with a cool right footed finish straight across the face of goal and um, yeah into the bottom right it's, it's Almost a duplicate of the Norwich goal. Mm, the commentator said that as well, didn't they? Yeah, you're right. Um, that's about a quarter of an hour of like patchy football, wasn't it? And then, as you say, yeah, that was that was us. Yeah, and then Ings with his with his twentieth, surrounded by Watford shirts, by the way, as well. And as you say, it was just like precise, clinical, lethal. It's, it's like a FIFA goal. Like there's yeah. kind of little, quick little steps he takes. Like, you can see the kind of power bar sort of charging <laughs> up and bang. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Kev, you said about you know your man that we, you were watching Vestergaard with the pass to Smallbone and stuff. And actually going a little bit further back than that, my uh, player watch was on Romeu this game, and it was actually him that intercepted the uh, the long ball from Firmino, then passed it to Vestergaard to give to Smallbone to give to Wings. So there you go. We, we, we were combining that. It's like past the fucking pass. Yes. Um, <laughs> and Steve, I mean, we didn't... I mean, we carried on there, didn't we, from that? It was just like the confidence of that. And we, we saw Romeo with a little aerial through ball to Ward-Prowse, who just yes, yeah. fucking wasted it, didn't he, really? He's not, he's not much of a finisher there, is he? Yeah. Yeah, I think... Um... Well, it was kind of refreshing to see. I think we, you know, we've seen the first two games, um, you know, coming out of the break, and um, 
first half we'd not scored. So it was nice to kind of see us go for it and actually get something, get a, you know, get a reward for how hard we've been working. So I thought if it was a nice change, um, yeah, we looked pretty comfortable. And um, yeah, that that Ings goal kind of settled the nerves. And um, yeah, it's pretty 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 happy really. Just the, needed, yeah. the half, yeah. Um, the guys, but there was, a, there was a moment when when Saar was breaking down the right. I mean, he ran into the box with Bertrand, and he was tugging yeah. his shirt a bit, and he kind of stops and well, clear penalty. Well, <laughs> see, you got to play to the whistle. You have got to play to the to the to the whistle, but that's what I was going to ask. Would you would you have given that one, Kev? I don't. I can't tell if you're being sarcastic or not. No, fuck. <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay, it's a bit. Um, it happens all the time, doesn't it? They're shirt pulling in pretty much every play. Yeah, it was a bit um, tactile, shall we say. But um, no, I don't think not, not a penalty at all. Yeah, just, just carry on. As Steve said, yeah, just play to the whistle. So many you know, players don't do that still. You'd think they would have learned, but no. Um, but Watford had their, their half chances, I guess. I mean, Saar had one blocked by Bertrand, and then uh, the, the corner come in, and, and Hughes had one blocked by Romeu, and then that was cleared. Mm-hmm. But it was just... Our defending was just sound, pretty much. That's... Mm. It's not very. Well, it's quite rare that we say that, but yeah, they, we seem to like deal with every little tiny bit of pressure that Watford had on us. Yeah, and we managed to pull off one shot, um, and that wasn't on target. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, you obviously we were nervous going into it. We know what Vestergaard's capable of, but um, yeah, he seemed to have his head screwed on. He was doing exactly what he was, you know, paid to for. do there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, he's you know 15 foot tall, so um, yeah, actually winning the ball in the air. Should be what he does, um, and, he, and he was doing that. He um, yeah, using his legs to block. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and obviously, run, yeah, and move and, yeah. well, yeah. I mean, you say that, but yeah, I think um, maybe he's. Oh no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna curse it, aren't I? But you know, maybe he's learning that speed isn't his strength, and that if he stays yeah. in the right position, he can utilise his big fuck off lanky frame <laughs> uh, <laughs> from, from where he's supposed to be, rather than charging back. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, Steve, at this point, we're 1-0 up. Could you see Watford mm. getting into this at all? Were you, was there a part of you that was worried? Um, I mean, after coming back from the break, they were on top, and I think you could see that. And obviously, as we were saying, you know, they had they had their shots, and I was thinking, oh, this would be this would be so like us to, you know, concede at this point. But, um, Fuck it up now, yeah. Yeah. As we were saying, though, like, we were so defensively solid, Um yeah, I don't, I don't think they really even got a shot on target. Um, nope. Just yeah. players players in the way before it it got anywhere near McCarthy, which is just really really good to see. Um, shows that the players have have made a reaction to to that Arsenal loss, and um, you know they wanted to fight for the pre- three points. Um, so yeah, yep. I think yeah we uh, I think it was just our defending that that um, really saw us through that that kind of patch. Yeah, and then of course the. The Foster snafu. I mean, well, he 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 kind of like he bowls it to Ings, doesn't he? Really, but when Ings touches the ball, I, I'm still not thinking he's going to score. Even I mean, mm. I've seen this so many times on, on on replay now, and it still doesn't look like he's going to do. It. I mean, he's still got so much to do, and he's quite a way out. But he has space and he has time, and he punishes them. And I'm convinced though, if Dawson closes Ings down right away. Then it's still one nil. Got a chance. Yeah. I don't know what he was doing. I know, but not. I mean, I'm surprised that no one's picked this up in the, in the analysis on on the BBC on Sky. Whatever it was, nobody pointed the finger at Dawson at all. They were just. Well, it's nice to say that they're looking at Ings and saying, "Yeah, 
what a brilliant mm. finisher he is. But I thought Dawson was very lazy, um, and he could have just—I mean, he could have just come out to him and closed him out, and that would have been it. One 0 yeah. still in the game. Yeah, yeah. passing them out. I mean, he wasn't even in the area, so you know, tactical foul. Mm. Been fine. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Um, I was watching Ings's reaction after the game, and he said that um, they'd noticed, particularly in the first half, that they'd uh, they'd been kind of employing this technique where Foster would be thrown out to the um, out to the wing, and he thought, if I can kind of sit in that space, then potentially I might be able to nab something, and that's what he did. So yeah, he doesn't, perfect. doesn't miss a beat, does he? Uh, but yeah. Going back to Dorsum, I mean, you would have thought they would have had enough of a warning by now that you don't give this man a half chance. Um, <laughs> and that was it. Yeah, 18 in the in the Premier League, 21 in all competitions, and it's just oh, it's just a delight to have someone free scoring like that and being you know right up there. I just love the cheekiness of it. I mean, because you, <laughs> you, you you know you see him throwing that, you think, oh, has you know is, is he um, has he seen that coming? And he's not he's not even looking at the ball, but he just you know catches it on his right foot like sort of magnet you know yeah um and yeah like the best ad libs it's um it's rehearsed you know like like steve said you know um they spot spotted a weakness there in that channel and um yeah he kind of dummies it right as if like yeah yeah I'm, you know i'm not looking here nothing to see yeah i'm not interested i'm just walking Bang. back yeah, then, <laughs> ah, gotcha yeah <laughs> i you yeah brilliant um but then you know from absolute comfort to well, oh fuck! You know, you're thinking like, <laughs> not again, you know. And it was like the game was fizzing out at that point as well, and it was like a nothing cross as well. And Bednarik, what, you know, mistake, big mm. mistake. Yeah, I call it a nothing cross. Was a, well, I mean, it wasn't even it didn't, it didn't even best. reach the bloody post, did it? It was just he just kind of like yeah. helped, helped it. I mean, Welbeck was in a sort of identical yeah, position. Yeah, but it's Danny Welbeck, Bednarik. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that Darren needs that explained. Poor guy. <laughs> it wouldn't. Yeah, honestly, he could have just. He could have been sat down, and Welbeck wouldn't have finished it. So mm. yeah, I'm not sure it would. I'm not sure it would have gone in if uh, it gone out for a throw in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was a stupid error, wasn't it? And I can only think that it was just like, oh, we're struggling for goals, Watford. Let's give them a helping hand, but not for too long, though. You know. A fucking good finish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Striker's instinct. <laughs> Um, I tell, I tell you what, right? When when uh, we had this free kick, okay. I don't know if you know this, Kev, but I mean, well, very very rarely do I predict when a goal is coming, and I have to thing with my wife. Like whenever that we're watching a game together, uh, well, actually, let me rephrase that. Whenever she's in the room when I'm watching a game, <laughs> um, I kind of like say, "Here it comes," and I give her a little nudge as I do it. Um, and it never happens, of course, because why would it? It's usually from a corner. So like, there's a corner coming, and I'm like, "Oh, Jamie, here it comes." And it never does. But I did it this time. And I said, here it comes. This is going right in the top right. Mm-hmm. And then, wow, doesn't let me down. And it was just, what a free kick. Just unstoppable. Yeah. yeah. I, I called, I called um, Marina in from, um, she was busy with something. I called, I called her over and I said, yeah, come on, you've got to watch this. <laughs> so, you know, see this free kick. And she was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What, live before it Very happened, girl. not the replay? No, not the replay. I was like, yeah, oh, I, okay. you know, I, th- I thought, yeah, this is, got, this is definitely one to watch. And mm. um, you, you look at the way that um, he, he picks that hole in, in the wall um, where you've got the, 
I can't remember who it was that was shorter than the other. Mm. It was just a little height gap in the wall. Yeah, I'm having it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's that's five direct free kicks now since 2017-18. That's the most by anyone in that period. Who was, the, who was this last uh, one against? <laughs> Watford at home. <laughs> was it? Was that his last? Yeah. Oh, poor, poor Watford. <laughs> and we did joke about it with. Um... Yeah, we did. Yeah, I just thought he had another one since then, but no. <laughs> yeah. uh, and after that, Kev, I mean, I was chatting to you as well, wasn't I? And I said, um, right, Shay's going to get his goal now. <sighs> yeah. And I said, you heard it here first, and he ne- very nearly it did. It was so close. Yeah. And then, of course, Redmond hit the post straight afterwards. And it was like, yes, mm. this is. This could be four or five. It was just so, so comprehensive. Yeah. But yeah, you know, yeah. That, that was it. You know, three-one, an eighth top-flight away win and stuff. So yeah, that's it's just, just that home form, just that home form. We have got a chance to put it right there against Man City, but um, we'll, we'll get onto that a little bit later. But Mush, me and you, as we, as we mentioned earlier, we 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 continued our player watch this week and as I said um, I took on Oriol Romeu and you took on Yannick Vestergaard um, do you want me to go first or do you want to take the lead yeah I mean you 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 go ahead I, I think I've said almost everything oh, okay. I say about Vestergaard. okay so well I mean where, where do you start with Romeu I guess but I mean, he's not everybody's cup of tea right I mean he has his critics and because he does this, the, the, the little jobs and he doesn't always do them that well but here he was brought in to do a specific job, you know, basically just be Hoiberg, uh, and and he and he did that. He did Better it very well. Did it, did it very well. Um, things I noticed right away, like he was very very positive, positive thinking, always looking forward. He, but he didn't put himself in any danger. Just nice and simple. Offered himself to the centre backs and to the forwards. He always travelled to the ball, wanting the ball, calling for it, um, and he just you know just does the tidying up if he needs it. Uh, but like like I said, he's not the most interesting to watch. And he's often got like a really, really slow approach to it because you, you won't find him busting a gut to get back to help the defence or anything like Hoiberg would do. But um, And I, you know, as I said before, he started that interception uh, from Firmino, I think it was, who cleared it, and then it eventually led to Ings scoring. Um, and just before the water break, he pinged that pass over the top for Ward-Prowse. So there you go. That was, really? a, that was a successful pass. So he's one up on Hoiberg already. Um, of course, he hit it over the bar. So, yeah, nearly an assist right there. He tried another one for long that didn't quite come off, but the intent was there. I mean, other than that, it was a typical Romeo performance, and he, he just likes to stay in that that comfort pocket of his. But he does like the tidying up. As I said, he wins the ball, he plays it short. Um, and, and then Armstrong came on as well a little bit later, and I wondered how that was going to change things. Um, but it didn't, and he just sat back more. Um, and another thing, right, I don't know if you know, but when, when you're watching Romeo specifically, you realise just how much work Ward-Prowse does. Because if there's a chance that both of them, like both Romeo and Prowse, are going to get, get a tackle, a block or an interception or whatever, more often than not, he'll drop back and leave it for Prowse to do. And he's very much like the second option. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd just like to have a look at some basic stats. Um, but the glaring stat that you start with off with, the one that got me, zero cards. <laughs> yeah. Always a plus with Romeo. Um, so yeah, uh, 64 touches. And his press was more effective than Shane Long and on a par with Nathan Redmond. So he had two tackles, uh, two interceptions, ranked second behind Vestergaard. Uh, three blocks, that was again ranked second to Smallbone this time. Um, and had an XA of 0.3, and that was second. 
again. Uh, 53 attempted passes with, with a percentage of 81.1. So you can see that his numbers were all positive. But, I mean, I don't mean any disrespect to Watford, but, again, you know, he's going to have to be right on the, his game against City. He's going to need to be absolutely solid to sort out, like, the De Bruyne and stuff. And, and comparisons of Hoiberg. So, against Arsenal, Hoiberg didn't manage a single interception and he was ranked last. Um, and just one block, and he had an XA of 0.1, um, and actually attempted the same amount of passes as Hoiberg in this one, but just edging it on the percentage. But then, okay, I just want to say, Hoiberg was playing against Arsenal, Romeo was playing against, you know, a, a poor Watford team. All the stats are positive, and glowing reference for uh, Romeo there, so, yeah, fantastic job. Yeah, anyway, Vestergaard, did you, how did you get on with, with him? To be honest, I mean, you don't really see um, much of him because Watford weren't... Half, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, it was only the um, first 20 minutes or so of um, so the second half that I really had a, a decent look at him. Um, but yeah, before that, like I say, I mean, he was, he, he was solid. Um, yeah, he passed um, a small ball in the build-up for that first goal. Um I mean, a couple of other positive contributions. I think he did um, hoof the the ball up, and I think if if you got Jack Stevens there doing that, he'll, he'll manage to to get it to somebody's feet, but but he didn't. Uh, but yeah, overall positive. But yeah, he really came into himself in the in the second half. Um, yeah, blocking shots off of Saar and shot and um, Firmino. Um, yeah. Uh, heading away um, Messina as well, of Messina as well. Um, but yeah, uh, he was in there, and I suppose he, he comes away looking a, a bit better than, uh, than Bednarik. Definitely. I was some of the game. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I read an interesting Vestergaard stat, and I'm pretty sure that Steve's got it as well. But um, so he, he was man marking Troy Deeney, yeah? Mm. And Dini is a yeah. fucking handful, right? He's a bu- he will bully you and he- he'll intimidate you. You don't want to play against Troy Dini. Um, Westergaard did. Well, I mean, Troy Dini won four aerial duels and lost seventeen. Yeah. I mean, his height is finally working for us. So, yeah, that's, that's that is incredible. Of, Absolutely incredible. It's a lot of balls in the air. Because I mean, yeah. if there was one player that I wouldn't want to be marking, and it's Troy Dini, because he will just destroy you. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, Positive from Romelu and Vestergaard, but I mean, as I said, they both got their work out on Sunday. Um, Statman Steve. Steve the Statman. Steve the motherfucking Statman. So, dive right into the stats. Um, again, if I sort of just start generalised, so, um, Possession was pretty even. Again, I think that's about the third game in a row here. So, you know, keeping that consistent. Um, we had we had a 10% better passing accuracy than Watford's, um, which I think showed because, you know, when we when we um, took hold of the ball, you know, we, we did something with it, whereas I think Watford, well, especially in the first half, you know, they didn't really test us very well. Um, I think one thing that... I noticed looking at the stats was that you could tell um, that Watford just were a bit you know, toothless in front of goal. They had no shots on target in the end. Um, but then again, that says a lot about our defence. And as we were talking about earlier, um, the players had just made so many great interceptions so that the ball never really got to McCarthy and he, he didn't really have to do much during the game. Um, so kind of going back on that defensive um, 
kind of swing of things. Um, we had we had 73 clearances to their 17, which I think is just a mad stat. <laughs> wow. um, yeah, it's, it just shows how far we've come this season. Um, you know, especially looking at the early games, I don't think that number would have been anywhere close to what what we would have had earlier well, in the mean, season. I mean, if you look at the earlier game against Watford at home, it wasn't. It, yeah. it was fairly even, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what was said to the players, but clearly they wanted to fight for it, and and it was it was really great to see. Um, and then again, we made eighteen tackles to their twelve. So again, we're kind of we're winning on these stats, and and it's showing, and it's showing in our performance, and we're actually getting something from that. We got something to show for it. So um, I was really impressed looking at those stats. Um, so moving on from defence, then if we kind of look at the the pressing game, which Ralph employs. So, again, we, we were the much better side in terms of pressing. Um, Ward Prowse tops the press. He made 17 presses. And then up there again is, is our man Ings with 16. He was second. Um, so, again, it, it just shows that Ings starts the press from the top. He's always there. He's always kind of looking to pounce on um, the loose balls. And, uh, again, it's just he's just so impressive. Um, but I, I, wanted, I think, you know, well, Ings was Ings was given man of the match, but I want to I want to talk about Wall Browse a little bit. So um, he he did so much better than the Arsenal game because I think he went missing really um, against Arsenal. He had he had the highest uh, times G and times assist as well with 0.4, um, and I think that really showed in his game, especially with that 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 last goal as well, the free kick. So um, yeah, very very impressive with Paul Browse. Um, yeah, and then and then a couple more sort of just player stats that I wanted to just mention. Um, a couple of players I was really impressed with. So Smallbone made the most tackles in the game, um, came on top with four. I think um, he was very impressive, especially I don't know if you saw it, but his long ball it was a it was a cross field um, cross yeah, to to Bertrand. Yeah, it was, it was it was it was incredible. You know, if that if that was a top six. Um, player doing that, that had been talked about for ages. Um, and then with Kyle Walker Peters coming in as well, um, he made by quite some distance as well, the most progressive distance, like in terms of yards, he went forward the most out of any player. Mm. So he got 256 yards and no player kind of broke 200 for Southampton. So very impressed with him. Wow. And um, again, in the middle, the two players doing the job, Romeo and Ward Prowse, they had 37 carries between them. So that's that's going much further than Hoiberg, and uh, I think we could tell that Romeo made a mark on that game. So, um, yeah, in terms of stats, I think that's that's what I wanted to sort of talk about the Watford game. I think our defence was just so much better this time, and that's that's what won us the game. Um, yeah, Festival incredible, four interceptions, the most of any player in the Southampton side. Yeah, but I do want to stress that although these stats are really really good, everyone come out looking good, but. Watford were poor, and if we yeah. we need to test ourselves against the likes of well, like Arsenal and against Man City, so we can yeah. really really see what they're made of. Um, exactly. Uh, man of the match, guys. Who wants to go first? Uh, Jay yeah, Adams. I'll go first. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Adams. <laughs> go on then, Steve. Who are you going for? Um, I want to go Ings, but um. I'm going to go War Prowse because I think he uh, did a lot of the back kind of stuff that got missed. So I'm going to go War Prowse on this one. Okay, Kevin. 
Interesting. Okay, yeah, no, I was I was clearly joking about um <laughs> about Jay. But um yeah, no no, Inks is on fire. I mean those two goals that's put him within spitting distance of um Jamie Vardy. And um at the beginning of that second half he was getting back and um clearing him away with um Vestergaard and managing to get up forward. I don't know how much of the pitch he must have covered, but um it was just it was just a perfect all round performance. Given absolutely everything, so yeah, I, I can't deny Danny Ings man the match. Yeah, I'm going to do it as well, Kev. I think he's. I mean, I gave it to him in the Arsenal game because whenever you're in doubt, you just have to. But yeah, like you say, he's, he's, he's no doubt it. this time. Yeah, um, <laughs> just. I mean, it's like like Steve said, all the, it's all the little things that he does as well. I mean, it's clear that he scores the goals, and that's you know the, the main thing that people are going to spot. But the the amount of pressing that he does, and the and the uh, the, the yards that he covers. It's just that he puts in, he doesn't stop, he just puts everything into it. And I'm just gutted that he, you know, he didn't have the chance to apply his trade at the Euros. It's so, you know, yeah. bad timing really. But yeah, I mean, hopefully he can keep his, you know, red, red form up next season and he can get that well-deserved call up. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be Ings for me. Joining us in the away end today, we have John Ashley of the recently merged podcast Main Road Ramble. John, welcome to End That Number. Thanks for having me. Hi, right. thank you for coming on. Firstly, like, you're, so you're from Manchester, but you're now based in Massachusetts, is that correct? That is correct, yeah. I'm originally from Manchester, was a, a City season ticket holder, uh, still not forgiven Southampton for not letting us even score on the last ever game oh, at Main Road. Oh, Main Road, yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, now uh, married an American and now in Massachusetts. Oh, wow. Um, how are you dealing with the lockdown over there? Well, state by state really varies. Massachusetts is actually a really good place to live at the moment. I think uh, Monday was the uh, the first day for about four months that we hadn't had a COVID-related death. Um, but uh, we have had some very strict lockdown rules, uh, unlike some other states, which are kind of really beginning to see the negative effects of that. So very grateful to live where we do in, in the U.S., given how bad it is elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, I've got some some um, friends that live in New York and they said that New York's pretty good. So anyway, that area in like, the northeast is, is, is pretty good. But like Florida, I hear, has had it quite bad um, recently. I think Vegas yeah. has had it because, I mean, I'm a big NHL fan as well. So I'm just waiting for the, for the season to restart. Um, well, the, the season's basically playoffs now, isn't it? Yes, that's it. They're just going there. All the teams that were just outside the, uh, the playoff, they've got a, a play in. Um, <laughs> ah, okay. So yeah, my team, the New York Rangers, they've got uh, the Carolina Hurricanes to play in. But I mean, they haven't even chose the hub cities yet. But they were saying just yesterday that it might be easier to play it in somewhere like New York, which was crazy to think at the start of the the lockdown, the numbers that they were having of the, the infected over there was just yeah, so high. really lashed by it, weren't they? Yeah, it was yeah, horrible. yeah, they were. But mm. you know, often the places that are, that are worst hit initially tend to get their act together and realise how serious it is. Um, it depends a lot on the governors at each state. So um, Massachusetts has a Republican governor, which is very unusual um, in terms of the the way the state tends to always vote. But um, he's a pretty kind of down the line Republican, um, pretty cent- centrist. So he was very serious very from the, from the get go about making sure that we were properly locked down and masks are still mandatory everywhere. So um, that's really, really good to live here. 
Are good. people complying with that? Um, just because, I mean, they're still mandatory here, but um, most people don't bother. Uh, yeah, yeah pe- people are generally complying with it. I think that there's something about the fact that Massachusetts is doing so well relative to other states. That's it's kind of a, a point of pride now. I think um, that they they're kind of keeping the virus away rather than kind of seeing what you know Florida reopened their beaches like two months ago and there was no social distancing and you know all that kind of stuff has, has contributed to this second wave that we're beginning to see um so it's, it's pretty concerning from from kind of a lot of states point of view but people are people are complying um as much as, as far as i've seen in massachusetts which is uh again another good reason to live here well, speaking from my mate um my mate ryan he lives actually lives in philadelphia um mm-hmm. but he he went back home to long island and saw his mum went to a restaurant in Long Island, they had their masks on, but people were entering the restaurant without masks. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh my God, if it's mandatory, why are they, you know, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, you've got to take them off to eat though, haven't you? Yeah, but I mean, if you're outside. Um, still, yeah. still got to eat and drink. Well, Transport. I, personally, I wouldn't go out to a mm. restaurant for a until there's a vaccine, probably, just because that seems to be one of the, the areas, the hotspots, where it can really spread from person to person very easily. But that's just me. It's a sensible, it's a sensible point. You can always do take out, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. <laughs> just... uh, anyway, uh, are you pleased to have football back? Uh, yes and no. It's it's definitely not the same without the fans in in, mm. in, in the ground. Um, oh, I thought, thought you meant not winning the title. Oh, Kevin, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Liverpool deserve deserve the title. There's no there's no getting around that. And I I think what I hope differentiates City fans, at least kind of old City fans, is that we never take success for granted. It's not like we're like, oh, you know, we deserve uh, and we're owed success now. We have like a right to it because we're a a big team now. It's you know, we were so bad for so many years that we just enjoy it. When it comes, um, and you know, if if we'd never won another trophy again, I would still be pretty content with being a City fan for the rest of my life, having had the experience that we've had. I mean, the, the way that we won our first league was our first Premier League trophy was just oh my god! There's yeah. no, there's no way yeah. you can better that. <laughs> it's, um, it's cruel. Um, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so I'm, I'm kind of. I'm a little ambivalent about football coming back. And, you know, City are still in the FA Cup or in the semi-final. They're still in the Champions League with a decent chance of beating Real Madrid and making it to mm. the um, the Super Tournament. Uh, and But but it's just not the same with it without fans. Um, and I think in, in some ways it's, it's, it's not helping with COVID stuff in that people's because football's back, I, I think some people are thinking, oh, that means things are returning to normal. And it's like, that's not where we're at um, at the moment. So I'm, I'm kind of mixed about it because there's football on every day and mm. every every single game is live uh, on TV in the US. So um, there's, there's a lot to watch, but it's it's kind of a, it feels a bit diluted uh, from from this from this side of the Atlantic anyway. So I guess you kind of answered my next question about how you're feeling about the rest of the season. And as you said, you, you, you're chasing silverware on two fronts still. You, you've got that FA Cup's uh, semi-final against Arsenal now. Uh, Champions League, 
obviously still doing well. You're in great position. Was it you? Uh, you beat Real Madrid away, didn't you? Two one. So yeah, it looks like we're going to have to play second leg away as well. Oh really? Yeah, they're trying to um, they're trying to make them all happen. All the second legs in Portugal. Um, UEFA want that to happen right. so that oh, wow. um, yeah, so that they can kind of control it from the COVID perspective and. Uh, yeah, there aren't a lot of City fans who are particularly happy about that, um, given no. how how well we played away from home, um, and that, and now we don't get the advantage of of, of the Etihad um, for the second leg. That yeah, that would uh, that's a big shame. That's doesn't that's, make any sense, right? Yeah, yeah in Portugal. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's weird. Um, but from from a Southampton point of view, does this mean that Pep is going to just say like, well, you know, to hell with the league, it's done. We're going to go out, you know, we're going to field our youngsters, we're going to let Saints turn us over. Please say so. Um, you know, con- concentrate fully on these trophies that, you know, you're still capable of getting. Um, I'm just curious to how you think Pep will approach the remaining fixtures and how would you like him to approach it? I've, I've been supporting City long enough and seen uh, Pep's City long enough to know that um, if I wanted... Uh, City to kind of go easy on the opposition um, that would never really happen I'm afraid sorry guys uh, <laughs> one of the one of the reasons why City have been so good for the last few years under, under Guardiola has been just this sense of every game is important you know you don't win every trophy there is to win uh, in England in a single season without that that sense of every single minute of every single game is important and matters and focus is always uh, has to be 100%. So I do expect heavy rotation. I think everybody is doing that. Um, and, and I think, but at the same time, everyone is competing for these places in the FA Cup squad, in the Champions League squad, um, to, to, to win the remaining silverware that is available to us. Um, so I, I think Southampton might have a chance because of the, purely on the merit of how they've been playing since the, since the restart. Um, I think they've been one of the teams that have really come out of the blocks flying. Um, apart I imagine from, apart guys, from the Arsenal game, yeah, but um, yeah, <laughs> one two, yeah. Lost one, but yeah. And again, a lot of that could be down to did, have you had to kind of rotate players that you wouldn't normally see in, in the context of a, a regular season, kind of Premier League season? Well, only, only through suspension and injury. Like, I mean, Hoiberg was was uh, injured in the Arsenal game. Jack Stevens mm-hmm. obviously got sent off. Um, and there's a bit of a, a right-back tussle with uh, Jan Valery and Kai Walker-Peters. But other than that, no, it's, it's been, it's been uh, you know, keeping what's working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it, uh, I guess there's, there's there's some fatigue there as well then, um, because because mm. I was looking at your squad earlier and I was like, this is this is a very small squad in terms of rotation mm-hmm. um, yeah. And, yeah. and injuries and suspensions. So um, I think you're doing well. I think the, the teams around you uh, are uh, helping you out as well, especially uh, today. I don't know if you've been keeping up with yes. the results that yes, yes, come in yes. today. Um, <laughs> good, so. good old Bournemouth. <laughs> yeah, man. They were. Who loses four-one at home to Newcastle? (laughs) (laughs) Not even Saints could do that, surely. No, no. Lost at home to Newcastle, but not four-one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, I mean, I think I I completely understand and and empathise with that sense of um, it's not over until it's over, and anything's possible, and we could still go down. But looking at the table. You guys, 
you're kind of towards the the end of it, out of it. I oh yeah, think we're we're on the we're on the forty points. We're we're thirteen. Mm, yeah. We're um yeah. One more win, and I think you're done. Yeah. Fourteenth now, but yeah. Now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Newcastle, but yeah, I think I think you'll be fine. So it'll be an interesting game, I think, in terms of the the first game at the Etihad um, was a a strange one. I I, I rewatched the highlights of that game a, a few minutes ago. Uh, um, <laughs> I think I think your two shots on target that day were the shot that Edison spilled and then the yep. rebound that Ward Prowse put in. Um, yeah, you had zero corners, uh, 22% possession. Uh, but I mean, what what, what, what you need to remember is that we were coming off the back of a 9-0 loss to, at home to Leicester yeah. and we were playing City at the Etihad and we thought, oh my God, can it get any worse? Um, and to lose in the last minute like we did, we were actually happy about that. That was that is how, how bad we were feeling at that time. Yeah, well, it was a strange game from a City perspective as well because Liverpool were losing for a long time that day away at Villa um, and City were kind of blowing it at home to Southampton. And uh, we equalised and then we scored again. And there was a huge celebration because everybody knew uh, that Liverpool were losing. And then immediately after uh, City got the winner, Liverpool equalised and then they got the winner at the last kick of the game in stoppage time. Uh, so it was like this huge celebration to massive anticlimax within the space of five minutes. Uh, so... That's, that, that game was quite memorable in, in a number of ways, um, not least because it was so frustrating that we just couldn't score, uh, with, despite all the, the attempts we were having, um, and despite you, you, you guys had just lost 9-0. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it didn't make any, didn't make any sense, but then we finally got the winner, Kyle Walker of all people, yeah. <laughs> basically slid tackled the ball into the net. Yeah. So yeah, what what kind of game can we expect this time? I know obviously City have kind of come off the back of that Chelsea loss, and you're saying that we might have might see a lot of rotation from City, but I kind of get the feeling that they might want to take it out on us. So, what in your opinion, what kind of game can can we expect? I think a lot of it depends on how the Liverpool game goes tomorrow night for City mm-hmm. uh, in terms of. We'll see from that that team the kind of side we'll expect against Southampton. Um, I think the game will be a lot more open than the reverse fixture at the Etihad because of your form, uh, be, uh, because yeah. you haven't just lost 9-0 at home to Leicester. Uh, yep. <laughs> very, very decent win at Watford for you guys in your last game. And mm-hmm. so I, I think um, the pressure is off both teams uh, more than it was earlier in the season. And so I think the game will be a lot more open. We'll see the typical uh, City domination of possession. Um, Any team who plays against City, or the majority of teams who play against City home or away, are playing on the counter-attack. And I think you've got some... You've got some weapons that can exploit that. Um, you scored a wonderful counter-attacking goal at Chelsea earlier in the season, I remember. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. And, brilliant. Um, you know, you've got... Uh, is Redmond fit at the moment? Yep. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, Danny Ings is, is on fire at the moment as well. So you, you've got Stuart options. Stuart Armstrong as well is really, really mm-hmm. underrated, I feel. Yeah. Mm, um, you've got Gineppo back from suspension as well. Gineppo, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so you know you've got you've got some attacking weapons that that can hurt us on the counter attack. So I think it will be a, an entertaining game, um, much more entertaining than, than the uh, the game at the Etihad for sure. Um, yeah, I mean I'm, I'm asking this question more out of contractual obligation than uh, <laughs> <laughs> genuine curiosity. But I mean, are there any weaknesses that Saints could exploit? Well, I think if you get past the City press then you'll find a lot of space between the lines that you can work in. Uh, it's, our uh, defensive midfield uh, has been a bit of a, a problem for us this season since Fernandinho uh, has moved into a centre-half position because he just can't cover the amount of ground that he could for five seasons in, in the central defensive midfield position um, where he was incredibly underrated, um, not just by opposition fans, but by City fans as well, I think, um, and, until maybe last season when he just, um, he, even at, at the age that he was, was still just uh, basically playing a lot like, like Conte did um, at, at Leicester and, and at Chelsea until they switched his position. So I, I think if you can get beyond City's press, um, which isn't easy, uh, as Newcastle found out on on Sunday, um, <laughs> you can. Uh, th- there's definitely joy to, to be had. Um, we, we, another weakness we have is at left back. Um, it, they're basically fighting it out between Ben Mendy and Alex Sinchenko for uh, who, who plays that position. Sinchenko is a bit better positionally. Ben Mendy is a bit better going forward. Um, neither are convincing defensively, um, which means that whoever's playing left centre back is pulled over into into the wrong positions at times. So um, I, I don't think that City are, are without weakness, especially if we're not scoring. Um, but, you know, on, on, on their day, City can be 4-0 up at half-time and, you know, we, oh, we, we, might be, we, might be going, we might be going for that Leicester record. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Can't really say much, really. Yeah. <laughs> You kind of mentioned a couple of names earlier, but in particular, are there any kind of Saints players that you're more worried about going into this game? I mean, maybe worry is a strong, game, a strong yeah. word, but um, <laughs> yeah, do you, do, you, do you kind of worry about you know any of our players being able to kind of um, take advantage? I, I think um, it, it depends where uh, Redmond plays. Um, has he, does he play on the the right and the left? Left. left. Yeah. Tends, um, yeah, it tends to play on the left. And well, he then does switch. I mean, he, he does, does switch. switch a bit against yeah. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, they tend to do that. What, what we've been doing recently is is, is um, Ings and Long or, or Oberfemi with, with Ings. And then just behind them two, we've had Armstrong on the right and then Redmond on the left. Uh, it's Kyle Walker has, has had a fantastic season um, for City this year. He's He's been one of our most consistent players. Um, and... If it, if it was not for England, had this ridiculous wealth of resources at right back at the moment yeah. uh, in in Trent Alexander-Arnold and uh, Wan Bissaka and uh, even Trippier. Mm. There is there are so many options that, that that England have that Kyle Walker has kind of fallen off, off, out of the picture a little bit, but he's been fantastic um, for City in terms of his discipline, um, and you know he can keep up with anyone. Uh, in terms of his pace as well, so I think if if Redmond is is maybe afforded a more central role or, or even a right hand side role, then I'd be very worried uh, about 
about him. Um, uh, I haven't seen much about Buffemi. I was doing a bit of reading on him before we, we, we kind of came on here, and um, he looks like a prospect. Yeah, he looks good. I mean, I'm not as high on him as, as, as Steve is, but um, yeah, he, he's okay. <laughs> he's definitely our third third choice. Um, yeah, okay. So speaking of, of lineups. Um, mm-hmm. Who, who are we expecting to, to play here? Because with City, it's like it's, it's really difficult to predict because, you know, he's got those wealth of players at his disposal, yeah, the quality, you know, whoever you feel, you, you're going to have a, a decent team. Um, and he always seems to mix it up a bit as well. Cause, I mean, in the loss to Chelsea, didn't you have, like, you had Gundogan, Rodri, De Bruyne, Sterling, Mares, Bernardo Silva. Like, there was no natural number nine what's going on with that is it just pep just wanting to play six midfielders i don't i don't know uh so the, the false nine is yeah that's not the first time we played it this season um we uh we played it first i think in the the league cup away at old trafford um and we absolutely annihilated united in the first half we were three and a half at half time um i remember that using <laughs> and and uh De Bruyne was playing in the false nine that day, I think. Um, and I think that, that kind of works best. Um, Sergio Aguero is, is out for the rest of the Premier League season mm-hmm. um, and probably the FA Cup campaign as well. So uh, Jesus um, is our only fit striker. Uh, and so I, the, the, there has to be rotation with him, which means that we have to be a bit creative. Um, and, and again... At Stamford Bridge last week before the the water break, which I think is uh, not helping City at all because of the way that they tend to want to just kind of hypnotise teams, uh, and this mm-hmm. this water break is, is is kind of giving them a break from that. Uh, the, the that actually worked for a really uh, for the first twenty five minutes, but after the water break, it kind of fell apart. So I don't think we'll play false. We'll see false nine against Southampton. Um, I think uh, Jesus will probably play. Um, he'll probably end up playing tomorrow night now and then won't play against you guys. Uh, <laughs> Phil Foden um, may get may see two games in a row. Um, he was uh, injured on uh, against Arsenal and then didn't play against Chelsea, which was uh, a big a big letdown. For no, us he, played, he played against Burnley, didn't he? And he played. Yeah. Very well, very very well against Burnley. Yeah, and David Silver coming as well. See, we forget about David Silver as well. You got all these players, and then you pretty much had a different backline at Burnley as well. Yeah, uh, Eric Garcia played. Um, now that was against Arsenal when he, when Edison nearly murdered him. And, <laughs> oh yes, uh, but, yes. Uh, I think Eric Garcia might play against Southampton. He also might play tomorrow night against Liverpool. Um, I would be able to give you a much better li- a sense of the lineup if I knew who City were going to field against uh, Liverpool tomorrow night, but uh, it'll be it'll be interesting uh, to see that those matchups, especially against um, a fast counter attack that, that we've already talked about. So um, I, I hope just Phil Foden plays as much as possible because he is an absolute delight to watch. He's yes. he's, he's a Generational talent. talent. He's ridiculous. Yeah, and I hope he does get more game time because it'll be uh, the, the you know the World Cup. Sorry, the Euros next year when there. So yeah, that delay has really benefited him. I think. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I know, looking at your bench on Burnley as well, there's some players that I'd never even heard of before. So I was like, like looking into that whether we were going to see any of them. Um, Tommy Doyle, uh, mm-hmm. Taylor Harwood, Bellis. Um, are we likely to see any of those get some get some 
Um, Harwood Bell is probably not. Tommy Doyle has been the captain of the uh, under-18s for the last year or so. Um, He had two grandfathers who played for City uh, in their pomp in the 60s. Um, Mike Doyle, who was a former City captain, um, and Glyn Pardo, um, who was kind of a a left-back come left winger. um, And both of them won trophies with City, played in the same team as well. Um, and so, yeah, he is, he is city through and through. So I think he'll be around for a while and plays in very similar areas to De Bruyne. Um, and, uh, kind of, I, I think De Bruyne has maybe taken him under his wing because some of the, uh, the balls that he tries to put into the box, um, you could be confused that it might be De Bruyne on the pitch just, just because of the way that he shapes his body, not because of the end result. Uh, but um, I think, yeah, Tom, Tommy Doyle could definitely see some game time between now and the end of the season. Cole Palmer um, was on the bench against yes. uh, Newcastle and against Chelsea. Um, he's a, a, a central midfielder. Um, very high hopes for him as well. Uh, one, per, one, one player who hasn't been on the bench yet, but will probably see some game time now that um, Leroy Sane is moving to Bayern, uh, is going to be a guy called um, Jaden Braff. Yes, um, uh, and he that uh, there are a lot of kind of Sancho kind of noises coming from City about him in terms of his talent. Wow. So um, I don't think we're going to let make that mistake twice. So <laughs> uh, he could be he could save City a decent amount of money um, in the in the transfer window if he's able to kind of show the potential that he has uh, in at the top level. Uh, so yeah, that the, anything could happen. Any any lineup could happen, but um, Guardiola has tended to go with a lot of experience, so he'll probably play a, a full strength side against you. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> um, I've actually been in contact with, a, with another City fan um, called Alex Birch, who runs uh, Man City Match Days on a YouTube channel. Um, mm-hmm. And I asked him for his lineup, um, and I wanted to see if you, if you, what you felt about this. So he's going with Edison, Zinchenko, mm-hmm. Laporte, Otamendi, Cancelo, uh, Rodri, Sterling, Bernardo, Gundogan, Foden, and Mares. It's a strong team. Yeah, that's what he, that's what he's going for. So I was like, okay, right, that's um. I can see that based on the Newcastle game and who might rotate out um, tomorrow against Liverpool, um, I can I can very much see a lot of that lineup happening. Um, it'll, the fullbacks are always interesting because um, Walker plays a lot more games than Cancelo does, um, but Zinchenko and Mendy have, have kind of historically switched out a lot. But Mendy's been playing a bit more recently, so um, generally I think I, I would. I would agree with that. Um, I, I think it's probably going to be at least nine of those will probably be accurate. Um, Fantastic. Unless... <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, um, what are your? We, we had a, another Man City fan on when we uh, went to the Etihad at the, um, uh, the, the the first game, uh, and we talked about Otamendi and his dislike for him. Where do you stand on him? I don't think you'll hear the, the phrase Otamendi and stand very close together um, very often because he's always on the floor he, he's uh, he, he loves to dive in um, and, and for for a couple of seasons he was our best defender 17-18 um, um, he was fantastic but more recently uh, I would say that he he's, has he's become he's more like David Luiz uh, I, I mean come on nobody's that bad <laughs> But uh, he has 
been, you know, he nearly gifted Newcastle an equaliser out of absolutely nowhere um, in the cup at the weekend. Um, I think he, I think he and Stones um, will be will be gone in the summer. I think there's going to be a lot of movement um, out and in for, from City. Stones, uh, in, really? Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah Stones take, is perpetually Stones. injured. I think Arsenal and Everton are uh, top of the list. Oh, um, I'm, sure, I'm sure we could tempt him. <laughs> we'll get to pay his wages. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah but there's uh, there's going to be a lot of movement in and out of City in the uh, in, in the summer. So um, we, you know, with Sane going, we, we might come calling for Redmond, Pep's an admirer. Yeah, I know, yeah, he is actually. Yeah, he does. Wow, like okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a lottery, um, which team is going to turn up. Is there anyone we can exclude through injury or suspension? Uh, well, Aguero, for one. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, although away from home, he's, uh, he, t- he tends, he tends to do a lot better at home, um, in, in recent years. So, uh, yeah, Aguero is out, um, Sane won't play because he's, pretty much a Bayern Munich player. Uh, Stones has been injured and probably, again, on his way out, and City won't want to risk him in competitive play if they're going to sell him. Um, And Claudio Bravo, our backup keeper, um, played again at the weekend, so he's fit. We've got pretty much a fully fit squad uh, at the moment. Um, There'll probably be about seven injuries tomorrow now I said that, but there's... Let's hope. Yeah. Uh, No, no boys. Oh, if it's for a game, I'll take it. But, like, you know, if it's the rest of the season, then we'll we'll be in trouble in the Champions League. I don't don't wish that on you. I'm sorry. You wish it on Liverpool, though, don't you? Of course I do. I hate hate Liverpool. Yeah, full full disclosure, I was a a City fan uh, for, for the title, definitely. So. Well, that's, that's nice. That's, that's just good to know. I know you're kind of talking about Redmond a little bit earlier, but if there was one player from Southampton that you think could walk straight in the side um, <laughs> and who potentially could play, you know, every game or as much as Pep's rotation allows, who who would you take from Southampton? Uh, you know, much as I, I talked about uh, Redmond um, and you do. Danny, Danny Ings is doing very well for you at the moment, but I could never take him based on the fact that he missed that sitter second game of the season against Liverpool right at the end. Still have not forgiven him for that. Uh, <laughs> so it's probably going to be uh, Hoybier, I think. Um, Ooh, you, can, you can take him. For 35 million, he's yours. <laughs> I'll make, I'll make it <laughs> uh, Pep. Pep would play uh, eleven midfielders if he could, um, and and often often tries to you know even even our goalkeeper could probably play in the midfield in the championship, uh, and we 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 never seem to have enough midfielders for Pep's liking, and um, Hoybier is more defensive. Is that right? Yes. Or am I making that up? Yeah, okay, no, that's yeah, good. So. Yeah. Um, and so we. One of the signings that has been kind of hot and cold since he arrived is is Rodri, um, mainly because he's been trying to fill Fernandinho's shoes, which is pretty much impossible based on how well he played for City, as I've already talked about. But uh, he he kind of likes to uh, 
too much time on the ball at the moment. He likes to, to be a ball-playing midfielder, and we kind of need someone who's just going to be a better part of the system. They're going to get the ball, get it out of their feet to one of the more creative players, to your De Bruyne's, your Silvers, your Foden's, your Bernardo's, uh, so that um, we can kind of continue to, to, to operate at the pace that we have in previous seasons. And, and that, that's certain, certainly one thing that's, that seems to have slowed down with City this season is, is, the, is the pace of the attack. Um, and, and I think Rodri has maybe been a bit responsible for that. So um, someone who, who kind of is, is more limited, if that makes sense. In mm. some ways, you kind of need yeah. someone yeah. who isn't as great at, you know, 50-yard passes um, oh, gosh, just, yeah. just, just to break up that play. Um, and 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 give it to someone who is good at fifty yard passes. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's that's interesting. I mean, I, we ask this question to every single away fan that we have on, and no one has said Hoiberg yet. So that's um, that's an interesting one. Actually, I asked um Alex Alex Birch, the um the guy from Man City away days, who he would take as well. And um, do you know who he said, guys? Did he say Angus Gunn? No, he said James Ward Prowse. <laughs> oh. So Ward Prowse and Ings are the most popular answers, obviously. So yeah, he said he'd take Prowse. Mm-hmm. He said because of his age um, and his versatility. Um, and he, and, and well. he said, and he says that Pep, Pep, <laughs> Pep would get the best out of him. So True. Well. he's also homegrown, and uh, mm. that's that's always a, a good uh, box to tick for a city. So yeah, yeah I can see uh, Alex has got he's, he's thought that through. Yeah, um, if that was reversed, I mean, I'm taking De Bruyne. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, Kev, Kev, right? If we had De Bruyne in, in, in this Saint side, we're in Europe just just because of him. We're a European side, and that is actually oh, yeah. more than what you can offer him. <laughs> oh, that's controversial. <laughs> well, we'll see on July thirteenth when the result oh, of the, uh... the appeal comes through. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Kevin and, really, and could you really qualify for Europe four ways and still not? Um, not playing Europe. Yeah, yes, it's rough. That's crazy. Um, and and I, I think I think that's the the kind of the 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 big frustrating part about about being um, a city fan in terms of the the way that um, the other the traditionally big clubs um, kind of are or perceive City um, as, as though they've, they've done it all organically without any kind of financial input whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, and so, mm. uh, you know, the second that a team who isn't one of the traditional elite um, kind yeah. of yeah. want to sit at the table, there is this huge drawbridge that is coming up uh, in the form of financial fair play. Um, mm. But that's probably a discussion for another time. It's it's yeah. bad. It's bad for for English um, football. I mean, I don't want to see Everton, Burnley, Sheffield United, no, Sheffield United. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see them. And yeah, they're just going to get in the group stage or even the qualifier and just get you know just it's just a waste of it. I mean, something that I do want to see is City win the win the Champions League. And yeah, I think I think we're all being robbed of that, but. But yeah, anyway, well, I don't know. Maybe this season, you never know. Oh yeah, yeah, well, maybe, yeah. maybe. Um, Very true. Steve and Kev, um, which city player are you, are you going to take? I'm yeah, I'm going with you. For, I'm really? going to take my my namesake. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Slot into that midfield easily. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And Steve. Um. Yeah, I, I don't want to say De Bruyne because um, yeah, you've already said. I'm trying to trying to think of something. You can have any. I take Bernardo. Bernardo, I take Bernardo yeah. Silva. 
I think he's so versatile. And last season, I had him in my fantasy team last season, and he just literally got points for me, like good points every week. He was so reliable. I'm taking Bernardo. Good choice. I'm, I'm never putting a City player in my fantasy team ever again. That rotation just fucks with your head too much. I've been doing quite well with Mares. He's been playing quite a lot. Yeah, you, you, you had Aguero, didn't you, Kev? And he was just in and out. Yeah, I just, I got fed up with it. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, Kevin De Bruyne, I mean, I don't know, I don't know how fit he can stay every match, but, um, he seems pretty nailed on for most matches now, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's, I'm just in love with him, sorry. Yeah. Oh, me too. <laughs> yeah, you joined the club. Yeah. It's it's just might actually be a club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, they definitely is. Um, yeah, we'll have to change the topic at some point. Um, can we get a score prediction out of you? Uh, I think it'll uh, it'll be high scoring. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say ten nil. <laughs> you, you did earlier on. I didn't say it. I hinted. Oh, hang on! Didn't you beat? Yeah. You've already beat Watford eight 0 this season, haven't you? Yeah, yeah that That was actually on my daughter's first birthday, so that it was just a, a birthday oh. present for her. So <laughs> we. Uh, I think I think it'll be high scoring. I don't think City will keep a clean sheet because we rarely do. Uh, I'm gonna say four-one City. Oh my god! Yeah, it's pretty nasty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and in the second half, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I spoke to Alex again and asked him for a prediction, and he has said pretty much he thinks yeah, if Saints are going to get anything out of this, it's going to have to be about the pace on the counter attack, which is what you said also. Um, and he's actually going for a comfortable three-one City win. Yeah. So yeah, you two are not not too far apart. Uh, Kevin, your prediction. Well, Steve's next, isn't it? Oh, it's Steve first. Okay, go on, Steve. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I want to be positive, but um, yeah. <laughs> You're playing if, City, if, you can't. If, yeah, if the squad is going to be that strong as what we uh, sort of mentioned earlier, then I think um, yeah, I think we're pr- probably going to lose this game. But then again, I, I think we're. I'd like to think we'd score, um, and I really hope Ings just continues scoring so he can try and win that golden boot. Um, but I think, yeah, City are going to be very strong for us. So, again, yeah, I, I'm actually going to go 3-1 City. But that kind of pains me to say. <laughs> Kevin, is it me next this time? Or it is, is you next, yeah. It's me, OK. I'm going to be super positive. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I'm just just hoping their heads are looking forward to next season already. And, and this, this is my thoughts before talking to you, John. So now you've kind of put me down. Um so I was looking at this either two ways. Either they don't care because, you know, there's no fans that are going to be making the trips. I'm not going to disappoint anyone. Um, or they just want some revenge. Uh, it is City, isn't it? So there's absolutely no way we're going to keep a clean sheet. <laughs> so I'm going to no. say 2-1 um, City. And that is as positive as I'm going to get. Same as it, same as it was at the Etihad. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll, I'll take it. So will I, actually. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no one's, no one's going to predict uh, us to win this one, and I, I'm not going to be any different. I'm going to take one of the remaining score lines that's respectable and 2-0. Uh, 2-0 nil. Two nil City, yeah. Yeah. Nice. OK. City wins all rounds, then. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> Guaranteed to win, though. It's yep. a free hit, I'm um, seeing it as. Yep. 
That's what we, that's what it was after the nine nil. It was just like right, anything yeah. less than anything less than nine is a bonus. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll hold you to that. <laughs> You've got a choice of wearing a United shirt every day for five years, or you can sleep in a haunted house for ten years. And Alex Ferguson is your zombie butler. <laughs> you do know that Alex Ferguson's alive, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> not in this house, he's not. Okay. Um, wow. When like, do I have to wear it like all the time? Yeah, every, every day. day. Every yeah. day. Yep. Yeah. Job, in, job interviews. Sleep, sleep in it. Yeah. yeah. Marriage. Yeah. Give, me, give me the haunted house. Yeah. <laughs> Even with Alex no. Ferguson as your, as your zombie butler? Is that what you said? Yep. Well, yeah. you know, I feel like he's got... Even as a zombie butler, he'll probably have some decent taste in, in scotch and, and wine. So, That's true. Um, <laughs> and he's not letting you have her. <laughs> the oh. accent's coming. There we go. <laughs> Oh Jesus! Let's move. <laughs> yeah. um, yes. Um, would you rather be half the height of Lionel Messi, or would you rather be twice the height of the legend that is Peter Crouch? Uh, I think probably half the height of, of Lionel Messi, just because you know the world just isn't built for <laughs> two people. Thirteen foot person. Um, Very true. I just, I just can't. Yeah, I can't imagine being six feet taller than everybody else in the world. I'm like, yeah, I, I can. I'll, I'll be. I would be very, very short. But um, do you get the, the the talent of these guys as well? Yeah, why not? Uh, All right. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. then you know. Um, half the talent. Half the talent. Half, half the talent. Half the talent and height of Messi, <laughs> yeah. and twice That's the height and twice the, the talent of talent. Crouch. Work out about the same, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, but like, the problem is, is that like a lot of, not a lot of, but like Peter Peter Crouch is a great header of the ball. You know, he's got that record um, of the number. Yeah. You know, the most headed goals in the Premier League. But like, when you're like six, or well, not six, but like four feet taller than the crossbar, like, heading becomes a lot more difficult. Yeah. That's a good I mean, point. Yeah. Play basketball. After schlung it. <laughs> schlung it in, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do a shame. So, yeah, I think, I think, uh, I'll go, I'll, I'll still go with, with Messi just because I'd want to be, I, I think that's slightly more normal. Good. Good choice. <laughs> Um, yeah, we'd love a good fan chant on in that number. Um, what, what is your favourite uh, chant to hear in the stands? Got to be Blue Moon, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, Blue Moon's, Blue Moon's the classic, um, but uh, I, I think a, a special place... Uh, We're Not Really Here has uh, a special place in my heart, um, which was a, uh, a chant that kind of began when City were relegated to Division Two, which is now League One, uh, mm. and we're, you know we were playing Wickham Wanderers and oh we've been there uh, we've been there York <laughs> City yeah. Stockport County Oldham Athletic all these play all these things so it's like we're not really here um, uh, but we were uh, but but now it's kind of you know it, it we, we sung it then we we uh, we sing it now uh, and so it kind of it kind of 
some cities more recent history up uh, over the last kind of 25 years or so when we've gone from the uh, ridiculous to the sublime so um, I think we're not ready here it kind of wins out over Blue Moon to me Excellent. yeah that's amazing although kind of kind of humbles you I suppose when you're watching Champions League football uh, yeah mm. I still have a, a shirt from the um... Sean Gota Oh, what a, what a legend! <laughs> yeah. I still I still have a shirt from that uh, the season that we played in, in Division Two, and um, I wear it for the big games, and just as like uh, as a reminder <laughs> uh, of of That's what I used to have to endure, and and like just to just to enjoy this for what it is, um, rather than um, be uh, upset if it doesn't go quite the way we want it to, which hasn't hasn't been very often in recent. So I'm very grateful for that. <laughs> Amazing, uh, John. Thank you so much for coming on today. It's been it's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been what well, it's been my pleasure to, to to join you guys and uh, really hope you stay up. And uh, thank you. I, I got a lot of time for your coach. Um, and uh, hope uh, hope next season you get you get a decent run um, in the League Cup until you know if you get to the final, then City will probably beat you <laughs> because. <City>. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Uh, but uh yeah, uh, I think uh I think you're going places um with John Stones. Like, yeah. Yeah. It'll probably be on loan. His wages. Yeah, it'll be a that'll be a deadline deal. Um <laughs> because no one else will have paid the amount that we wanted for him. But we don't want him in the squad either, so we'll go on loan to Southampton. Part of a deal for Hoyberg. Yeah, you yeah. heard it here first. Yeah, you can have him. Mm. <laughs> part part exchange. <laughs> Cool. Right. Yeah. I hope, I hope. I genuinely hope that um, you're playing European football next, uh, next season as well. Yeah. Right. Me too. Yeah. The, 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 people, our players. Yeah. The, the the Champions League it needs Man City. That's for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more, boys. And Thanks very much, mate. Up the Saints. Right, up, up the Saints. Come on, City. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, welcome to Extra Time. Um, we're just going to do the predictions check-in first. So, Watford. Uh, I went 2-1 Saints. Ooh. Steve also went 2-1 Saints. Um, and Kev, you went 1-1. So, uh, gutted. Uh, points points to me and Steve. Um, the lead is cut now, Kev. It's cut down. So, you're on, you're, you're on 53 and I'm on 41. <laughs> and Steve's on 4 now. So, yeah. There you go. We march on. <laughs> Um, uh, fantasy, fantasy Premier League, Kevin. Shall we start with the uh, Southampton FC Podcasters League? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Okay, I mean, John Bailey's still at the top, um, and I'm about a hundred points behind him. But um, I've been pipped into third place by none other, none other than the Statman Steve <laughs> on Atletico yeah. Bilbao Baggins. Yeah. It was. Uh, yeah. I somehow. Um, used my bench boost the first week back and did very well. And yeah, just I've made up a lot of ground. Yeah, especially in my my work league as well. I went from ninth and I'm up to fourth now. So pretty happy with that. Yeah, well, yeah you got 130 well points um, <laughs> that first week back. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah uh, Ings is doing me lots of favours. So. Can't I think he's doing all of us um, a lot of favours, isn't he? Yeah, that, that's all I want to talk about with um, the Podcasters League. Um, top, uh, as ever, it seems at the moment, um, she had a brilliant week back, didn't she, Lucy Hynett? Yeah, she was um, brilliant. 
that this is look at again. She got she got 136 in her first week back, and followed that up with a 90. She played a wild card. Um, so yeah, we're all fucked basically. Um, yeah, Lucy's absolutely reeling away at the top. I had a good week though, didn't I? Didn't I? I had Martial, and I thought, oh okay, and he goes and bangs in his first hat trick. And I was, I did, I did think about making him my captain as well, but yeah, um, you've got Vardy as captain. Now. Well, 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 mm, he's tailed off, isn't he? Um, yeah, yeah, unexpectedly. Um, I, I, I did even worse. I got Pepe as captain. Either way, I got Ben Foster as my captain. Really? No. Would have been a better <laughs> job. To be honest. Yeah, I mean, my my uh, fantasy team's gone to absolute shit. Since I missed that deadline, I think I, you know, totally yeah. missed the boat. It's a lot of free transfers uh, that happened. Yeah, I'm just going to take a free hit, aren't I? There you go. I mean, um, that's depressing. What's next? Yeah, uh, maybe next season. Uh, Russian phrase, Kevin. Yeah, I do have a good Russian phrase for you. I mean, good as in wholesome and not sweary. Um, good it, as in is it appropriate. Easy to get your tongue around. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I, I felt a bit sorry for you last time, so I'm giving you a little bit of an easier run this time. Uh, Danny Ings, yeah, he is, of course, uh, our everything. So that's our phrase this week. Uh, on Nasha Fsior. Mm-hmm. On Nasha Fsior. On Nasha Fsior. On Nasha Fsior. Yeah, the Russians say that about, about Pushkin, the, um, golden, uh, era of, uh, Russian literature. Poets, um, and yeah, Danny Ings is uh, on a golden run for Saints. So yeah, I'm not sure if you see What does it mean? Sorry, oh. he's our everything. He's our everything. Okay, mm. long may I continue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he is. I we, where would we be without him? Championship. Think about it. <laughs> not, not quite yet, but um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm on our way there. <laughs> Right, guys, thanks very much. Um, up the awesome. Saints. Up the motherfucking Saints. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.